0: Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Crew Call with Mike Rose. My crew today is my old buddy Dave Owens, and uh, this is volume 3-12 for those of you keeping track. Um, And this is the February 2022 podcast. So yes, the volume has nothing to do with the date any longer. Anyway, Dave had uh, had popped a surprise announcement that the uh, New England Proto meet was going to be reappearing after a two- year hiatus, and I immediately contacted him and said, "Ooh, that sounds like it's worthy of a of a conversation." So here we are. Welcome, Dave. Hi, Mike, great to see you. Now, we've done this. we used to do this all the time every time there was a, a New England Proto meet, and you know for a couple of years now, for obvious reasons, oh, just you know, the minor pandemic and losing your hotel and all kinds of things so um, I'm I'm encouraged uh, that you guys felt it was an appropriate time to to start the meet up again I got a lot of questions for you so maybe what you can do is let's give a little background because um, we went we went years we were all in the same place in Collinsville and then there's been at least two different hotels that I can think of where it's been in subsequent to that and then it's in another new place. So when maybe you could talk a little bit about that journey, uh, sure. how you got from there to here, and uh, and and why?
1: Sure. We began. Um, if you go all the way back to the beginning, we were inspired to put together a meet here in New England after going to Jim Six's meet in Cleveland, and I think I met you there. Probably. And, yeah. And uh, we said we got to do this in New England. we we'd, we'd love to have something like this. And my buddy's friend, Richard and Tom Murray and I started working and our first meet and many of the first meet uh, early meets were held at the Canton Community Center in Canton, Connecticut, Collinsville, Connecticut. Yep. uh, With wonderful venues like the LaSalle Market, which became very popular.
0: Very fond memories of that crazy little venue.
1: It it was a great it's a great place.
0: I, I loved, you know, coming back from lunch and having to park in the garden. Yeah, well, that was one of the
1: problems. The uh, the community center was also the library and the senior center. And so we, the you know, the first year, no big deal. We had, what, 30 or 40 people. But people enjoyed the meet, word spread, and we just outgrew the place. I mean, parking was at a premium. And the old ladies playing pinochle downstairs killed us too, because we couldn't get into the bottom floor until they were done. And they would sometimes just sit there and watch us, knowing that they were holding us up, so we began looking for a place. The price was right. It was it was a good price. The town was very generous. They appreciated the fact that we were bringing people to town who were going to patronize local businesses. It was a good thing for everybody. Sure, but we we out we outgrew the community center and we went to a an, a hotel up in Enfield, Connecticut.
0: But before you continue with Enfield, what quantity led you to believe of attendance? Rather, led you to believe we're over the hump on on this facility because when you it, passed 200 or it, it was it was a variety of things it was just the rooms were crowded
1: and and parking parking was really a problem um the town the library people and the senior center people would get annoyed with us that we'd take all the parking spots we would try to control parking but you just can't the, the people need to park so and and just the, the the room was getting more and more crowded the rooms were getting crowded so we figured it was try, time to try a hotel People also told us that they they wanted better lodging. We had a couple of these old, very old-fashioned roadside motels that were nearby.
0: Some people and thought that was part of the charm.
1: Yes, that charm is a, is a word that was used. There were other words used. I mean, um, meanwhile,
0: I'm staying at the, what uh, was that sweet hotel I used to stay yeah, at? You we were
1: staying at a real hotel, as we might right. say. <laughs> uh, so, so people wanted to have, people really said they'd like to have an event in a hotel, so we began searching and we found a place in Enfield, Connecticut. It was a Holiday and Express that had some event space, and, and we got in there and it worked well for a couple of years. And then the hotel told us, Um, we're tearing down our event space and you can't have your meat here. So that was kind of a, a shock. What
0: warning us. did you have on that? Not a lot, yeah, not enough,
1: not enough. So we scrambled. And there had been a place that always had been in the back of my mind that might be a good place, and that was the Marriotts in Farmington, Farmington, Connecticut, just uh, to the west of Hartford. Mm-hmm. And we were there for the last year we had a meet, and we were scheduled to be there the following year. That was a we nice both, place, I thought. It was great. It was nicer uh, than
0: infield, I think.
1: It was very nice. It, it had a it had an excellent space. It was a nice hotel, but COVID began to come in. That was, um, well, let's think about this. That would have been 2020, right? The spring uh, of 2020, had to be right? March. Things started going downhill. Right. Things starting, people started shutting down, and we really began to wonder whether we're going to wonder wonder whether we'd be able to pull the meat off. Right. And then we get notified that the hotel is literally closing permanently the weekend before our meet is supposed to happen.
0: Oh, geez. I think I had already told you I wasn't going. Yeah. And and listen,
1: I, I we wouldn't have had the meet. Uh, I think we pulled the plug on the meet before that because it just it was too much of a health risk. Right. That hotel has closed. It was it was in a as you recall, it was in a corporate office park. Right. United Technologies was headquartered there. United Technologies was Pratt Whitney aircraft yeah. at the time. Pratt Whitney, Sikorsky helicopter carrier. Otis Elevator. Oh,
0: wow. I didn't How realize they all, had all those a, companies.
1: It was a big industrial conglomerate. Yep. Well, just around the time the hotel decided to close, UTC had been selling off components. Sikorsky was sold. Um, Otis was spun off. Carrier was spun off. So all that was left was the, was the aviation components of Pratt & Whitney. And the company basically sold itself to Raytheon. Okay. So the corporate headquarters ceased to exist. So there's still a lot of people who work for what is now Raytheon. But I think the hotel that this corporate business we're used to is going away.
0: It was a business-oriented hotel location. God. It
1: was very. And and that was one of the reasons we were able to get in there on the weekend. Their business really dropped off. Plus the the pandemic
0: turned everything virtual whenever possible so that was probably a big blow also sure and and then we found out that
1: that, that from the our our friends who we met there that the owners had been thinking about converting the hotel to apartments for a couple of years and i think the the utc situation sort of just made that a no-brainer for them so Look, they're literally con- that
0: hotel is now apartments
1: it, it, it's i don't know if they're open yet but they it's being converted into apartments okay so that left us scrambling for another location. Sure, COVID did not really subside adequately for last year's meet. So we right. canceled again, but we are optimistic. Everything is going to be better this year. And we are really looking forward. We were looking forward to having a meet. We were, we were searching and searching and we have found that there is tremendous, and this is, this should be obvious. There's tremendous pent up demand for hotels, for weddings, things that were put off during the pandemic. Right. And, and uh, you know, we, we talked to a bunch of hotels. They don't need a bunch of model who are going to fill their hotel. Briefly. But not, but not spend twenty thousand dollars on banquets. Right. And, and they, they, they want that catering money. So we were really struggling to find a place. And we had we had what we thought. was. And a when did you deal. start
0: looking again?
1: Uh, we, we never stopped. Oh, really? Yeah. We were always scrambling and looking for a place. And someone, uh, we 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 were going to go to a high school in Middletown, Connecticut, a, a Catholic high school, Catholic boys' high school. They were really interested in having us there. It's a it's a school that's got a model railroad club, wow. and we were really optimistic. But then when Omicron came, the folks at the school very reasonably said, "Hey, we really need to see how things are going." We talked to a community college in Enfield uh, about using some of their space, and they were they were interested in having us, um, but. It just we, we couldn't we couldn't get it, we couldn't close the deal. So the Amherst Society big railroad hobby show happens last month. Right. At the Big E in West Springfield.
0: I I, I was there to the Friday, Friday, you know.
1: <laughs> you were there Friday?
0: I was in the parking lot. I met up with my buddy Ken McCory uh, to pick up three cases of uh, super trees, which are unobtainable at any price right now. In- really? He he had and they've been sitting around at his place forever. I think he had he had looked at um, using them at one time, and he picked about three quarters of a case and realized that he would be doing that for the rest of his life and not even make a dent on his size railroad. So they the just sat of there. Life three other lives. Right. So when so when I started whining about the fact that that uh, I couldn't buy super trees for, for love or money uh, anywhere on the, on the podcast, Facebook group, uh, he, he, uh, I am me and, and said, you know, i got three cases if you want them. And um, so to make a long story short, you know, when you're shipping like big lightweight cases of stuff, you're gonna, you're gonna get killed in shipping. Sure. Whenever I order them, I always make sure it's part of a, like a, a free freight order to have it make, sure. sense. you know, um, but then he said, "Hey, you know, I'm going to Springfield. I, well, I'll bring him up with me." And I said, "I'll meet you there." So on the way into the parking lot, I ran into—I had arranged to meet up with Russ Green of New England Brownstone, and I picked sure. up a center pier uh, from Russ and chatted it up with him. Then I drove around the other side of the Better Living Center and hooked up with Ken and um, picked up the trees. And he also donated like a like a, a box full of fresh cherries, vehicles for my. From my uh, Daria scrapyard, I mean, just he's just a peach of a guy. Oh yeah, I mean, I've got more of his stuff on my layout. I've uh, Some of my ballast is from him. Some of my cinders are from him. He's 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 something. But um, I get I got home with the stuff, and I didn't look at the at the boxes for I don't know a few days. And then it was going to be warm. We have one of those little breaks in the, yep. in the weather, and I thought, you know what? If I can pick a few trees. I can go outside and get them painted, and that'll get get me to finish that area. And I, and I take the paper off of the uh, off of the of one of the boxes, because basically he had like extended the flaps, and, and I only had two boxes, but it was three cases worth of the trees. And I started picking through and I realized how many of the trees he had already picked. It was, it was, a, it was three quarters of a box of super trees already picked. There's a all bonus. I, all I had to do was paint them. I couldn't believe it couldn't believe it if I could just get like a you know a, a Tom Sawyer painting the fence kind of group of people oh wait a minute I already did that at one of the meets didn't I yes you did <laughs> well done and that was a lot and I've been making them ever since that was I don't know how many years ago that was but that's got to be 10 years ago right oh easily absolutely Jesus so anyway I'm sorry so well, I was at West Springfield. I wish I knew you were there I know. I I mean, I didn't know who was going to be there that day. And really I was kind of on a, on a deadline, but you know, it was, and I ran into Matt Herman in the parking lot. I mean, you know,
1: Another great guy to run into.
0: Oh, absolutely. So, I mean, you know, you could you, I think what you were saying about, you know, pent up demand. I mean, people that like each other would like to see each other again. And obviously we want to all do it safely. Right. Everybody's definition of that is not necessarily the same. Right. Right. Absolutely. Been having a lot of conversations with my buddy Mike Contalone about this. How how much we would like to, you know, maybe have some smaller scale um, obsessions and, and 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 how to do it safely so that whoever's at it feels comfortable. And this is basically right. one of the things I want to discuss with you because this is kind of like you know, I love the New England Proto meet. You know what I mean? But got a lot of questions about how you're going to go about it.
1: Yeah. Well and they're good questions, they're reasonable questions. Um, so anyway, I, the, meet, the the show happened, we still didn't have a location. We had our tables at the meet like we always do. Sure. And I went to the Amherst Society uh, recap of the show the following Wednesday, I was driving back and I drove by a hotel in Springfield that had been suggested to us as a location for the meet. Mm-hmm. And I'd never taken it seriously for no good reason. So I looked at it and I said, why haven't, why haven't I checked this place out? And it's the La Quinta in Springfield, two blocks from the Springfield train station. Okay. It's right there. So I it's called John. downtown Sacerdote. hotel. It is. Uh, you know, right there. So I called John Sacerdote, who's the show director, and he's also one of my buddies. and yep. Good guy. Think, and he's the guy who had said we ought to talk to the folks at the La Quinta. And I said, John, I don't know why I didn't listen to you in the first place. Can we go up there? Can we talk to them? Let me make an appointment," he says. So we went in there on a on a Wednesday, last Wednesday. We walk around, we look we look at their event space. This is a nice hotel. Mm-hmm. They put the, it's a family-owned hotel. They've put over four million dollars into it. Jeez. And we sat down with the sale with the manager, the sales manager, and she said, "Have this weekend open? Uh, yeah, the hotel's pretty wide open. We'd love to have you." And here we are, just like that. Just like that. It's going to be June 10, 11, Friday, all Saturday. All
0: that, all that messing around trying to find a place. You wrapped it up like that. Just like that. Jeez.
1: And so and 10 and 11 um,
0: is that like a week later than usual?
1: It is. We usually go the weekend after Memorial Day. Yeah. So this will be a week later, which I don't think is a big deal. Why would it Friday, be Saturday? Friday, Saturday, June 10, 11. We're gonna people will start to arrive Thursday night as they always do. Yeah. Um, and uh we're gonna have layout open houses on sunday like we always do mm-hmm. and i am now we are now hard at work putting the meat together um it, this is all moving so quickly we have to get our we have to get the word out um our we have to have our web page hopefully it'll be updated tonight um and uh fast moving gonna, events I, but you know yeah, you guys yeah, know we, how
0: to do this so you know right it's not like track. we have to
1: reinvent the wheel we've got right. you know you know i said you know usually uh, you know This is a six or seven month process to put it together. But I said, there's no reason we can't do this in a couple months. The big thing is letting people know. And one of the things in, 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 that is really important and the folks who run the Malvern meet, which I think you've been to Valley Forge RPM, yep. which is coming up in March.
0: My second favorite
1: meet. It's a great meet. It's a great meet at a great location, not too far from the, uh, you can go down and watch uh, the Harrisburg act- uh, activity on the Harrisburg line, SEPTA and Amtrak,
0: or a sub shop from your college days.
1: Wawa. Oh no, that place is not there anymore.
0: It closed up. That, <laughs> I was on that my- crazy ride one time there.
1: I know that was a great <laughs> trip. Ted's place in Conshohocken, but I t- I was in touch with um, Paul Backenstos at Malvern, and they still don't have a, a number of people committed to make to to break even. So. People who are old- attendees really, yeah. So people who want to go to Malvern, who want Malvern to happen, really need to sign up.
0: You know, they they, need- they, they they contacted me as usual to do my usual clinic, and you know, I mean, I'm in a little different situation here. I mean, I'm I'm uh, officially a card carrying oldster at this point, you know, and and um, my wife and I are erring on the side of of, of caution with a, with a lot of things more so than than some others, you know. And and I thought about it, and I thought March. I don't know. And that's a little too soon for me, I think, you know, and, and I hated to say it because it's really and because it's in every, uh, you know, every couple of year uh, kind of a meet. Right. And, um, you know, it's it's Pennsylvania. It's my modeling area. I see a lot yeah. of a lot of people who are instrumental in, in my layout being what it is. I've met people there that I've been friends with forever. So it, it literally is like another like a home away from home uh, meet for me uh other than you know new england proto so i i mean i i was i was very reluctant to to say no i actually sat there and thought about it and i said there's no way i can do this but it, it hurts you know yeah so i i hope they i hope they do well um
1: i do too because it's I a great event
0: suggesting there's a chance that they might not do it or they're going to do well it if not, not breaking
1: they've got a drop dead date and if they don't get enough people signed up to attend that may happen um right. i can't certainly can't speak for them but paul told me that they are they're still waiting for people to really to register. And I've told all the guys um, who I'm going with, and there's a bunch of us who are going from Connecticut and everybody's center checks in because we want the meet to happen and we're looking forward to it. Um, yep. We hope it does. But that's, that's, that's my message on our meet too. Um, You're in the same boat. We're in the same boat. We really, this hotel is taking a chance with us. We told them we think we can bring a lot of people in. So we really need, if people want to come to the meet, um, we really need them to to register for the meet, to let us know they're coming, and to make hotel, um, to book their hotel room so that the hotel knows, hey, wow, these guys are serious. Um, that's, I think that's even more important as we struggle to find a space in a hotel um, to, to put these kinds of events on.
0: What's, uh, what's the cancellation policy?
1: At this point for our meet,
0: I'm talking about the hotel
1: we have a very good uh, agreement with them um so if if things if for some reason something happens or things don't work out we're, we're okay um they were willing to take a chance on us right we're hoping
0: we're, we're we feel That's pretty a good bit of an experiment yeah they're taking a chance with us and, all right and i'm glad we're, we're talking, talking about it because you know this will You know, go out to X amount of of audience right right there, you know, both on Facebook and and, and audibly. Um, Getting the word out is is definitely is definitely part of it. So let me ask you this um, and I'll give you this as an example. Um, There, I don't know if you're familiar with the Journal of Light Construction. It's kind of like a small contractor show that happens every year in, in Providence. And um, I've 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 had been going to it for years with a woodworking buddy of mine, and uh, you get all kinds of free samples, like really? different kind of tubes of caulking compounds and screws and nuts and bolts and fasteners. And I always I always leave there with uh, a tote bag too heavy to carry. It's a, a great event, you know, for, for somebody who's uh, I still use some of the fasteners and things weirdo stuff that I that I picked up at, at that show, and they had the same issue you know, with, um, with, with, with COVID and and cancellations and they've started it up again. Um, And they, and they had a big thing on their website and in their, in what they, what they sent out on all of the precautions that they're taking and, and, and what have you. So I'm just curious as to how far you guys have taken that in terms of your, of your thought process. Like what, how, how much does that play into how you're doing it and what would that be? Well, we
1: will will follow any guidelines required by the local health department and by the venue. Um, They really, we're not in a position to decide what to do. Um, We leave it to the professionals to um, tell us what precautions we ought to take. And we will recommend um, that people follow those precautions. We're not in a position to enforce anything. but you know, I'll tell you, I, I am vaccinated and boosted, and I wear a mask, and I happily do so.
0: Um, is that how you would conduct yourself at the meet? It's
1: hard to say. I think the numbers are trending in a very good direction at this point, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm hopeful that I don't have to wear a mask. But if if there is concern, I, I don't have a problem wearing a mask.
0: Um, so I never stopped, even though I'm vaxxed and boosted. I mean, I I never no. stopped. No, I mean,
1: I go to the grocery store, I go to Costco and I wear a mask and, yeah. and, uh, and I don't, I don't have a problem doing it.
0: Yeah.
1: So, and I've been, I've well, been. You probably
0: uh, see it. Any event it would be a mix of people doing what they think is. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I, I don't know, you probably don't know this, but I mean, through my work, I changed jobs. Um, and uh, I work for a town now, a municipality and we I have been. Think I knew that. Yeah. I left the paper. Uh, ah. I left my job at the newspaper in August of 2020.
0: So a lot of changes since I haven't yeah. seen Yeah. Wow.
1: And I do communications for a town. Yep. And this town, the, the town of Vernon. More
0: stress uh, kind of a gig, is it? Well, not really. No, <laughs> It's really? a different kind of stress.
1: Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it's the town of Vernon, Connecticut, which is a great town uh, east of Hartford. Ryan's okay. Deli is there. That may be a landmark people are familiar with. And we have been running vaccination programs. Uh, we, we did over 20,000 doses, uh, from the, really the, just when vaccine became available. Um, and we, we, we did, we did a lot and, and, you know, we, we were, we were all very conscious of that people could be coming in who were, were ill. And I have managed to come through all of this working in vaccination clinics, working at testing clinics, not getting COVID right i went i went to the west springfield show which
0: you're probably not unfamiliar with an n95 i
1: I wore i wore a mask and and i followed the the health advice of professionals
0: right um
1: and i went to West it like
0: in that regard i
1: i I was um you know we had a table for our for our meet and when i'm when i was behind the table i was able to maintain distance but Mm -hmm. otherwise i wore a mask and some people wore masks. Some people didn't. Yep. As far as I can tell, there's been, uh, you know, I've been looking, asking, and there's been no outbreaks as a result, which is great. We had um, about
0: seventeen thousand attend, I think, from what I. Oh know.
1: no, it was, it was way under this year.
0: Oh, it was way under.
1: Yes, attendance between between COVID and I, and the snowstorm that weekend. Storm, I don't think. I, I don't think attendance got over seven thousand.
0: Oh, seven thousand. I must have misheard. Yeah so wow and that's over wow and that's, that's like you. a third of what they would normally do yeah
1: but the people who were there were spending so i think the vendors were pretty happy
0: maybe what you screened out was the uh the stroller set
1: <laughs> we did I, th- I there were not a lot of strollers
0: right right
1: but there are
0: so what was, there was there with the there. hardcore train people
1: right well, unfortunately pays some...
0: attendance so that hurts the right there's venue. there's about There's about
1: three thousand people who are in the meet to begin with. Club members, vendors, uh, historical society folks. Really? 25. I guess there was that number. Wow. Because there's four buildings, you know, there's a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. And then um and then and then paid attendance was I think in the six thousand range. So there was probably nine thousand people there.
0: Right. That must have uh, made it a lot easier to stroll around and see what you wanted to see.
1: It it did. You could motor over to the BLC, motor right through.
0: Yeah. uh, Because I I had at least one one time there where uh, there was a snowstorm on the Saturday. So the Sunday was just a crush. Like you could not move. You couldn't get from one side of the aisle to the other. You were just swept along like a salmon.
1: And that was back, I think, when there was only one building.
0: Probably. Or yeah. two buildings. I think it was two buildings. Yeah, maybe two. Yeah, so we got whacked in that storm. We had 21 inches of snow in my. Head. I know
1: you just just not too far east of where we were got hit pretty bad. Eastern right. Connecticut, Rhode Island, and then you guys got crushed. Yeah,
0: I you know I stake out my driveway, and um so you can see the you know the outlines of it for plot sure. purposes. When I looked out there in the morning, I thought, "Oh, that can't be." The snow is up to the top of the stake. All I can see is the little tip of orange, and then I thought. Is that even possible? And then when I opened the garage door, because I put my tractor in the garage so I could just plow straight out, and it was like that the whole way. I had to like dig my way out of the garage with the with the with the front loader. I I couldn't just sure. plow it. Um unbelievable, very rare that we get that kind of snow down here. And
1: and it's what's funny is is the forecast was for us to get quite a bit of snow in central Connecticut and up and around Springfield. And I was in a hotel. In Enfield, I came out to my car about six o'clock in the morning on Saturday and there was like two inches of snow. Right. You think about the wind? The had been, deal? The, the wind had been howling. So there was right. only a little bit of snow on my car. And we got a little bit more during the day, but it wasn't. Sure. Bad.
0: Well, down here on the South Coast, I, I usually say about two out of 10 years we get whacked. It's like when things get reversed. Normally, so, we have, sometimes I'll go a whole winter and not have plowable snow. Uh, and that and that and that happens more often than, than when we get whacked. But when we get whacked and it comes in off the water, it's good. It's an event. It's an event. So I'm 34 years here. Honestly, I can count them on one hand, the you know, the really, really big ones. I'll take it. You guys usually get it big time, right? Oil Springfield area, Worcester. Worcester always gets hammered. Yeah, and and
1: further further up into the mountains, the Berkshires, and further west of us, usually gets hammered pretty good. But they've been spared pretty well this year. We've been we've been getting more of a, more snow.
0: In the mountains is where it belongs, Dave. That's right. That's why they live there. Does not belong in my driveway. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> what do people know, need to know? Uh, website's going to be up. So any um, any, any pro to Yep.
1: Um, what? that's not what it is. It's nerpm.org. There I go. Screwing things up. That's all N-E-R-P-M. right. You're
0: going to, you're going to make a posting about this on the Facebook group for the podcast also. Okay.
1: Okay. And I'll have it on our Facebook page as well. And, yep. and I'll be doing my normal email blast to my mailing list. Yep. Um, and, uh, so the hotel has given us a rate of $119 a night, which we're pretty happy with. That includes breakfast. I that. And, um, and go people- your
0: places to eat around there.
1: There's all kinds of great places in Springfield, so there's there's uh, we've got that. There's also happens to be a Dunkin' Donuts in the parking lot of the hotel, so there's a bonus. That could be trouble. I know. So I can, at least I can go get my coffee pretty easily.
0: Right. Um, I'm a daily Dunkin' guy, also, so I get it.
1: Absolutely. I've been going Cumberland Farms more lately. Only a buck a cup.
0: Um, really? Well, yeah. yeah. It's a, it's a better it's a better deal. Is it just as good? I think so. Really?
1: Yeah. And uh I like to make my own coffee too. And I'm not one of the coffee mechanics, you know, you got the people there who are putting in multiple shots of uh whatever flavors of whatnot. I'm just straight coffee and some cream.
0: You want coffee flavored coffee.
1: Right, coffee flavored coffee. That's what I like.
0: Dennis Leary did a great bit about that one time. He wants beer-flavored beer and coffee-flavored coffee.
1: Perfectly reasonable. (laughs) So, so the hotel uh, we have a special rate, which is good for um, multiple days before and after the meet. Okay. Um, the there's plenty of plenty to do uh, in terms of um, restaurants in and around Springfield. We'll have a list anyway at the meet. Um, yeah. We're two blocks from the Amtrak station, which is a, a bonus, frankly, because we've got um, the Lake so Shore. They take
0: a train in. in; they can walk to the meet.
1: Absolutely, it's east east west. You know, there's just a one train, the Lake shore but north-south we've got uh Connecticut Rail and Amtrak back and forth all day long between yep. New Haven and Springfield. And of course there's two trains coming down the valley from Greenfield now, too. Two in the morning, two in the evening going back. Hmm. Um and the meet itself, uh and this is all gonna be on the website and in the email I send out. Um we're we're charging forty bucks in advance. 45 at the door. And for the first time, we're going to have a one-day rate for people. Some people just can't make it on Friday. So we're going sure. to have a one-day rate of $25. That'll be at the meet. That'll be at the door You instead of pre-registering for that.
0: This meet has consistently been a terrific value, I think.
1: Well, you know, we try to keep it affordable because people come a long way, a lot of them. And we just – the goal is, as, as you know, the goal of these meets, all of them, is to bring like-minded people together to learn – to look at models, to get inspired and to go home and work on your own models right. and bring about next year.
0: It's usually a and, shot of modeling adrenaline.
1: Absolutely. And, and just just get excited and go home and you know pick up a new tr- skill. We're, we're trying to get young people here because there are young people in the hobby. We want them to come. I just can't imagine what it would have been like for me as a teenager to come to an event like this.
0: Would have been life changing.
1: Oh, it would have been amazing. Right. And we, 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 all, we offer a $15 student rate. Because yep. we want those kids to come, and the Model Railroad Club from Xavier High School down where we I was were. I'm just going to bring that kids.
0: up. I would think this would be a fertile I mean, prospecting ground.
1: I'm going to invite all of them, and I'm I want them to come for free. We yep. just want them to come huh. to the meet and meet people and learn what learn learn really what the hobby has to offer. You the know, next wave. It, it's important. It's really important to to share this great hobby and help people understand what you can do, what it offers, because there's really a lot to it. And and
0: uh, yep, me saying, yeah. <laughs> yeah well, relatively speaking well you know well taking things into account but there's a spectrum here yeah
1: <laughs> i think for all of us but this is it's a, it's a great hobby and and you know we started a sunday night zoom meeting just to sit around and work on our models and and chat with with guys from canada from the us and
0: must be uh mr hunter Houston part of that
1: oh absolutely he's he's involved Little jerry
0: he's a great guy <laughs> yeah um, I've, I've had some, some Zooms with him as well. He's, he's um, a very interesting guy and a, and a really good modeler.
1: Oh, really? He really spectacular.
0: I, I met him at, the, I think the last meet where I was at his clinic and I just thought, oh, here's somebody doing it right.
1: Yeah. He's a great guy. He came to our, I think he was at our last meet or maybe the one before. Um, and, you know, we just started to talk to also, you know, he's, oh, yeah.
0: he's, Done a lot of things, musician
1: and, and right, all kinds.
0: Right, and I have I have that recording studio background, so we had we've had zooms where we just talked music.
1: Oh, that's great! And I'm, I belong to the Penn Central Historical Society, yes. and Hunter uh, or Jerry Hunter has been involved, and we've just produced a Penn Central Modeler, an e-publication that's It's
0: really right. good. I thought.
1: Yeah, well, Jerry Hunter did some amazing articles in there. Um, he did the fuel truck.
0: Right, which which is a vehicle. You know, See, he's one of these people who will zero in on whatever it is and do it right. You know. Oh it, yeah, and and and
1: the parts he 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 just just scours these photos. Right. right. I need this. I need this. And and the models are breathtaking. Right. So he's a great. I'm hoping he can make it.
0: Good attention to detail. Well, I mean, right. I mean that is affected by all this stuff too. Sure. Because they were going to come down. In fact, uh, before things kind of didn't go the right way, we were making some tentative plans for him to come by and, and, and see the layout, you know? Yeah. And I thought, well, surely by that time, we should be just fine, you know? And
1: Well, we've <laughs> had setbacks with this, but I, 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 I'm hopeful that we are on the, we're on the right glide path now. The, uh, the I mean, infections it, are dropping pretty dramatically.
0: This, yeah, I look at it this way, too. I mean, it's clearly not going to vanish. No, it's it's going to
1: become um, something that like the flu.
0: But I mean, that's
1: and I'm not saying that I'm I'm repeating what I hear experts say.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, and that's and that's uh, so so you need to sort of learn how to live with it and where you're gonna put your risk and what's important to you and what's not. And we're gonna have better
1: we're gonna have better therapeutics. I mean, there's some some the drug companies are developing some medications now that. Right. Really defang this virus. First year and was
0: kind of tough. You have to admit it was,
1: and you know, and you could probably appreciate this. There was a time, probably ten or fifteen years ago, where we were very concerned about West Nile virus and Eastern equine encephalitis sure. mosquito. <laughs> well, the mosquito-borne uh, viruses that were were making the rounds in New England, right. and and there were deaths. I and, mean, in my area,
0: we've lived with the threat of uh, uh, of uh, encephalitis since I was a little kid. Yeah. And invariably you get to some point in September and they find they'll find an incident of it in the greater cushioned cedar swamp, you know, which is kind of like the extreme North end of, of New Bedford. That's really the closest it's ever gotten uh, to where I live, Mm -hmm. which, you know, it's not, I could bike there. So, I mean, it's not that far away. And in fact, there was one year where the state did some massive uh aerial spraying they, they use these old world war ii bombers believe it or not and, it, and they flew over the entire area in formation at dawn and just nuked everything i would love that that was quite a few years ago that was that's got to be more than 20 years ago but that well, was like an exceptionally bad uh bad year for it
1: air, airplanes are my other thing trains and airplanes i would love that
0: i listen i got up early to see it because it's you know it looked like dresden you know it's like wow, <laughs> amazing, really. Speaking of amazing, I'm looking behind you there. Now, your basement has a reputation for being kind of like a a cache of unavailable model railroad supplies. Is it still like that? Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> one,
1: of, one, of my, one of my buddies, Jim Hamoki, brought his wife by. They were driving to Boston. He said, look, Dave, I want to come by and drop in and he brought his wife down to my
0: basement and I think because it makes jim was, look less crazy to his wife yeah, get, off, get off my back dear <laughs> <laughs> but you had you had entertained a few thoughts of uh, of maybe trying to sell some of that off at some point and you dabble here and there right
1: i've sold some over the years some you know i as, my problem is i i have i still have uh too many interests and i really need to focus and i think too once many model railroading gear.
0: interests, or too many. Yeah,
1: in too many. And I think once I get my button gear on a particular railroad,
0: well, you're a Penn Central railroad. Railroad. I thought that I thought that ship had sailed.
1: Well, oh, it's that, I wish it was only Penn Central. I, I my well, first. What's
0: interesting to Dave Owens?
1: Reading. I grew up on the Reading's Bethlehem branch
0: anthracite roads.
1: Yep, and I like all of them. Yeah, That's my problem. I, I like the, that. Actually. I like, I like Penn Central. I like Pennsylvania. Yep, um, I kind of like Amtrak, and I like wow. Norfolk Southern. We went out to. Uh, you like whatever you
0: see. I mean, I was like I that for a long time. i over
1: CSX at least. But, I, can't, um,
0: I can't tell you how many uh, Santa Fe and Southern Pacific models that I did when I was out there rail fanning a lot in the in the early '90s. Like it was just, it was great out there. Oh yeah, I'm glad I got to experience it. You know. Uh, the first trip out there was probably the last year that sp was uh, was independent, you know, and I got to experience the oil cans at at Taha sure. and oh, I'm telling you, boy, um, I've still got i mean i I probably sold off ninety five percent of those models, but I've still got a couple that is so so nice that I can't part with them, but they have no nice. application whatsoever them they're, they're they're things from the future uh, on my nineteen eighty four railroad so i mean i I certainly get that and a lot of my rolling stock was stuff that i saw and said oh yeah i gotta model this oh yeah i know that feeling and some of it is is uh is clearly too um too too new for the layout but um uh, do you know scott chatfield
1: i know yes i met him at that gym six meet
0: there you go okay
1: 25 wait a minute it was 19 uh it was 2001 October 56, 2000.
0: I got my name tag here. Scott's an old, old old friend of mine and one of the smartest people I ever met. Oh, yeah, he's brilliant. He is. He's just... Those he, Georgia Tech guys. And he's... Oh, is that why I met? Well, he's one of the most interesting people to have dinner with you could possibly imagine. He he, he's, he could talk about his military background. He was a, a minor league baseball pitcher. I mean, he could just go on and on about, about his exploits, but... Very knowledgeable about um, mo- uh, about railroads, and um, having been, he did a clinic one time in Cocoa Beach called "Bad Bridges" and the modelers who loved them.
1: And I was
0: inadvertently
1: <laughs> that's in, got Chatfield's name written all over
0: it. it. I was inadvertently the subject of one of the bad bridges, and I thought, "Oh God, this is my worst nightmare," you know. But it was all in good fun. But um, ever since then uh before i go with a final design i bounce it off of him because i don't want to be
1: <laughs> I don't want you want to be clinic. clinic
0: anymore so you know he and i kind of reconnected in the past uh, in the past year or two and um he was he was he's one of these people who knows exactly what happened when yeah no he's got this encyclopedic knowledge John. right so if you want to fact check something you could try googling it or you could just ask him and right. it's usually much easier with more you know, calorie dense content that you can just kind of gobble right up. And he he was pointing out to me that in my era, I just heard this from him yesterday. If he would, you know, he made me want to smack him, but he's he's always right. Um, even though NS was an entity, there weren't any NS freight cars until a couple of years later. Interesting. So if I have an NS freight car on my layout, it's technically too new.
1: Because it would have been all southern and
0: and right, uh, right. corporate logo not, western the NS corporate logo is not being applied to freight cars instead until 86, 87. Wow. And um, not so for locos. So I mean I, you can have a smattering of of NS locos, but all um, high oh,
1: hood GP 38s and 40s, right?
0: <laughs> well, that's 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 a lot of it although they had they had the low hood sd 40 2s also okay um, the nice thing about it has been that be, between that fact and the fact that dnh was running a lot of uh, nw stuff i've been able to like justify a whole new rash of of uh, locomotives uh nw power uh you know Clayder schemes this scheme that scheme all the stuff that i never I never really was justified uh, running before, you know. I would think that it, for a guy like you, early days of Penn Central would be incredible, like the early oh. days of Conrail, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so pick something, know. for Christ's sake, and do your layout. I know.
1: I gotta get my, you know, I've got a bug, too. I like catenary. That's a problem.
0: jeez. Oh, and uh, and, oh, uh, like and I, also, I also like vehicle modeling. So. Well, they're not mutually exclusive. I know. You get that military go, thing going on, too.
1: Well, you know, and you know, I picked up at the, at the West Springfield show some of those new DODX flats from Spring Mills.
0: How are they? It's,
1: oh, they're spectacular.
0: Now, now, are they really light me? Or are they die-cast? Or what are they?
1: Here are my Abrams tanks to go on them. Where are you getting those? Those are old ROCO mini tanks. Uh, probably unobtainable now, right? They're unobtainable right now, but uh, the ROCO... Doesn't well. Let's see. The Roco mini tanks lines got sold to a guy in Germany uh, who operates under the name Arsenal M. Okay. He did um, he's done some injection mold. Did a lot of resin. He's slowly reintroducing the the mini tanks line. And according to Jim Eager, who had a conversation with him, Jimmy Abram, fucking with Jim and Eons. He's a, he's another insight. he's another insider. Oh yeah. Yeah. But Akit spoke Ager, with the Shedfield gentleman.
0: And my other buddy, Chris Butts, if, if I need to know anything about freight cars, it's all I need. Yep.
1: But apparently the, the, what Jim reports from after talking with this gentleman is that the Abrams tanks and Humvees are going to be available later this year. And those DODX flats from Spring Mills were purchased by the government for Abrams tanks. So you need sure. Abrams tanks as loads. You can use Bradley's, too. You can use M88s to recovery vehicles, but right. you would mostly see Abrams tanks on those.
0: Interesting. So now, is that Roku tank you just showed me, is that die cast or is that plastic? Plastic. It is plastic. Okay. And is the Spring Mills car plastic also?
1: It is. Uh, it's die cast.
0: It's die cast. Uh, so you can run it empty if you want, and it yeah. tracks nicely.
1: Yeah, they, they, they run beautifully.
0: So how many did you get?
1: <laughs> um, too many. Let me make sure my wife's not here, bud.
0: More, more than 25? Yes. Less than 50? Yes. Okay. That's a reasonable number.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you, but the great thing about those cars is you could have two of
0: them in a train. You oh, really? Could have, so it wasn't could just like a dedicated train kind of a thing?
1: Oh, no. Those things you'd see, uh, you know, they could have two two cars with tanks on them. going. Know that from a plant, you know, there, there would, you would certainly see the dedicated unit trains of a, of a movement, but there could also be, you know, a couple tanks released by the uh, tank plant heading back to a unit. Yeah. Um, you'd also see the cars going, the town I grew up in outside of Philadelphia had a rail car uh, service facility that specialized in tank cars. But towards the end of its existence, it did a lot of work on these flat cars.
0: So and they were parked the, all over of town. That's the thing where, you know, moving forward as I, learn more and more about my modeled area um i've learned a lot believe it or not from watching videos oh sure uh unfortunately uh, too many videos they tend to cut away too soon once the power goes by or they, right. don't, they don't show, show the train i want to see the whole train you know because that stuff is gold um in in really the the information about what's in a train is not easy to come by uh, you, you can't just get it from a photo, you know, you almost need to either speak with somebody who worked on the railroad or was, you know, actively rail it at that time. Um, I mean, I've, I've had conversations with Mike Bednar, you probably read his, his, his article. Oh, sure. Uh, just a, a wonderful human being that uh, has probably supplied me more pertinent, useful information about operations on, on what constitutes my layouts area than everybody else combined, you know, just in, incredible. And encyclopedic knowledge, yeah. you know, was, and very, very uh, forthcoming, gracious with it, you know. So these are the kind of people you meet by, by attending some of, these, of yeah. these different things, you know, he's not- well, a, you know,
1: attending these meets was just a, a whole, it just introduced us to a whole community of people. Right. And, and, and friends. I've known frankly. ever
0: since. I mean, you
1: know, they're friends ever since. Good friends, people who have become good friends, who um, I can't imagine not being friends with. That's been, you know, we think of the people we met through these different meets we go to and the meet we host, and right. It's just a great group of people, and
0: we think about you know, how it used to be before meets and before the internet, just like a lone wolf modeler. Yeah. Me and my buddy Dave for years, years and years and years. I can't tell you how long just us and um i used to do you know make something or or create something he'd say should be doing an article should be doing an article on that eventually i I did an article and it was kind of like doing the articles which is how i got hooked up with jim six for for a period of time there you know
1: um
0: because a lot of his articles when he was when he was modeling that particular era um were directly pertinent to what to what i was doing you know he did some great conrail and oh know, sure and central I mean, modeling i know a lot of guys who were very influenced by him right and i tell people when they
1: work on stuff they work on You their never know who you're stuff. influencing really you
0: no know, and, and and there's so many people
1: out there who do great stuff and i tell them hey this is an a, this is a magazine article you right know, this is this this how you did this would be a great magazine article right or, or and everybody tre- wants tre- to write about it you know not everybody wants to do a clinic yeah. but I encourage people to think about it because they, they could share and I think they probably find it to be a great experience to share that and and I'll bet a lot more would come back to them
0: absolutely absolutely I, you know I got I got kind of Shanghai into doing my first clinic down in Cocoa Beach you know and I've told that story too many times but um, I never would have guessed that I'd, have, I'd end up enjoying doing them because it was like my worst nightmare to have to do something like that, you know? So I would encourage people to, you know, take a chance because you never know what you're going to like. It's not, it's not
1: easy talking to a crowd if you're not used to it. And I think. But they're easy crowds. But but these are crowds who are hungry. They're hungry for what you have to offer and they appreciate it and they want to learn more. Yep. And, and you, and you can appreciate You know that the model room is a magical place. Sure. People. People put their models on display and they gather around and people come and examine them and they begin talking. And how would you do that? And, and right. there's all things, all kinds of things you can learn. And people share that information freely. And, and, uh,
0: and, and in the great opportunity. The friends, you'll make that you didn't know that you didn't know you were going to make. I mean, it, it will definitely surprise you.
1: I can't imagine not knowing Ramon Rose. <laughs> I cannot imagine not knowing John Terry. Right. Uh, any number of people you Go on and, and on. That.
0: Right. And all of those Hoseley. guys I met, Gibson. I, actually, I have no list. idea where I met Ramon because he go he went to, to everything at one time.
1: He did, he does go to everything.
0: <laughs> I don't know and, what the first place was.
1: And and boy, it makes you happy when you see him walk in, doesn't it?
0: Oh yeah, yeah. He lights up a room.
1: He does and and, and there's just all these people. I just look forward to seeing. And uh, it's been tough not to be able to see them. That was one of the great things about West Springfield. a lot were there, so it was okay. great to reconnect with a lot of people
0: it was the serious people there i guess yeah Yeah. and
1: and, you know it's funny it's been a couple years but you know the stone crunching picked up right where it left off
0: oh i'll bet i'll bet i'll bet i mean you know i'm i and i am positive it's going to be that way when we start operating again you know it'll be like riding a bike at least you found that car exactly (laughs) you saw that (laughs) (laughs) i had to post it it was like you got to be kidding me i've been looking for that car for three four months
1: how do they, i'm surprised it doesn't happen more often on people's layouts
0: i guess i mean you know we run this there's, there's roughly 300 cars give or take on the layout which sounds like a lot but the layouts 1800 square feet right
1: day. so it's spread they spread them out pretty quick it
0: doesn't look crowded and you know x amount of them are on trains and staging well it's not hard to look at those and see if it's there rest of it's at Consonese or whatever you walk around it's not there where is it like where where could it be it's not on the floor and i mean you would think that when a car falls out of a train you'd notice because there's a caboose (laughs) the only thing we can figure is there was some kind of minor derailment or something and it and it fell over and you know it's underneath something so you put the train back together and it was on the opposite side, you know, of the, of the track. So maybe when you put the train back together, you move on and, and and there you go. And really you wouldn't have, you wouldn't have noticed that the car didn't match the way bill until you went to stage that train for the next time you operated. Right. So that train sat in staging head in with its little packet of cars waiting for me to do my, my between sessions magic. And I was only at that time, it's like, where is this? And then, you know, <laughs> I thought, well, we'll find it. It's got to be somewhere. So, I mean, you know, that, I don't know. I, I had to share that because it's like, you know, and, and what's interesting is I don't know if you looked at all the comments. No, but, I haven't. Well, you should read the comments. They're actually better than my original posting because it's happened to a lot of people. And one guy talked about it happening on the prototype. Oh, sure. <laughs> so, you know, the, the car derailed, fell over, rolled on into a into a ditch or a stream. The rest of the train slammed into it, and they and they kept on going. <laughs> After they checked, I heard,
1: the- I, heard, I heard I heard a story years ago that it was a it was a reefer car, and there were there were sides of beef in it that started swinging back and forth, oh, and, and toppled the car right off the tracks. It right Who knows over. if it's true? Who knows if it's true?
0: You could see how it. if it were if it were not if they were not secured in some fashion, I have no idea how they would secure them. They must have to strap them in place or something. Huh? I mean, or crowd them in.
1: I don't know. It could be real. It could be a, a tall tale.
0: But if you were, if you were rail fanning the Penn Central back during Penn Central days, I mean, you're, you're old enough, right? No, I, Penn Central
1: uh, went away when I was 11 years old.
0: <laughs> how old are you now? Fifty six. Fifty six. Okay. So, yeah. So we're 10 years apart. But when you're 11, I'm 21. So, yeah, yeah, it really puts that into perspective, I guess. But I can remember, you know, Penn Central had a well-earned reputation, for terrible track.
1: Oh, sure. There there was that great video that the railroad actually put together. Exactly. Talk about three or four
0: tries. We've all we've all seen that that video. Um, but it wasn't hyperbole because even just around here you know you'd see him going down down the tracks and it's like how is that thing staying on the tracks it's swaying so much you know they get that there's a certain speed i think that you have to try to avoid when you have this yeah jointed rail when everything's not like perfectly aligned right when and, cars start rocking yeah exactly sit Sy- with sympathetic rocking or something i think yeah something calling. like that yeah i think it's i
1: i, I want to say it's like eight to twelve or
0: Right, some, disabled, some, disabled. some magic speed exactly which they tr- which they try to avoid but i mean we've all we've all seen it so so i guess the question i have for you is all right what's it going to take to to put you in a model railroad today what do we have to do what do we have to well get you know you to I, belong, to? I belong to a club so i do have modules and i do, I do okay run trains. so it's not like you're not you know running your own trains
1: right no we have i have a i belong to a club in torrington connecticut we have a building we have our layouts yeah. I've never been to that sick. club, but I've
0: heard good things about it. It's a good group of people. Arrington's uh-huh. kind of a hall from here.
1: It's a hike for me. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: but I, I want to get something started here in the basement. You know, I got my buddies here in town, friend Richard, he's got a nice layout. Tom yep. Murray is working on, on a spectacular layout of the Hartford line. Oh, I went, really? I got this, yeah. Tom's working on that. Um, Bill Schneider's got his layout going down in Higginham and, and, uh, and, and Chris has got his layout going down in Old Saybrook. There's lots of good stuff happening around. What's it's Chris modeling? Uh, he does the New Haven line between um, Old Saybrook and Hartford.
0: What? So what era though?
1: He's in the 40s.
0: Okay, so he's a steamer.
1: Yeah. Somebody handed me at West Springfield a New uh, Haven rule book for 1943. Wow. Just handed it to me. I said, Chris, could you use this? He said, I could. <laughs> so
0: <laughs> that's great. So if you were going to build something, I mean, how much space do you have available?
1: I have a ranch house, 1700 square foot ranch house. It's a good size basement. Yep. Got a lot of of stuff in it right now, but uh, I've got, I want to finish. I want to do it right. I want to get You have to get a pod and put all your stuff in. it. Yeah. And I want to get, I want to get Just start small, get something going. Yeah. Gradually expand it. Switching
0: layout. You think like, you know, I'd like to have continuous running. Okay. Um, Hey, I, on the walls, you can run continuously. Can
1: I like I like the Reading, and where I grew up in pennsylvania in uh, outside of Philadelphia, a little town called Orland, the the Pennsylvania's um, Trenton cutoff crossed right over the Reading's Bethlehem branch. Wow! So I could somehow maybe, and the, and the Reading line was electrified. So, but I also so like the you're
0: gonna have to pick an era, <laughs> right? I mean, that's gonna determine your focus.
1: I'm going to say that again. I'm going to have to.
0: You're going to have to pick an era. Like, what do I oh, like absolutely. the best? So, like, what does that translate into for, for being able to do that in electrified?
1: Well, I, I like second generation diesels. Okay. So, and and uh, that would be the very end of GG1s in okay. passenger service. It would be a lot of, you know, MP54s on the Pennsylvania.
0: Yeah. Silver liners
1: and, and uh, blue liners. Already. They'd probably be around, sure.
0: Yeah. Interesting. So that's not um, a switching layout. You're you're running some electrified main line.
1: I know that's what are, I like. Have you ever you seriously have you ever seen...
0: looked into what it takes to build catenary?
1: Oh, I've seen Andy Rubo's layout, and I know there's a lot to it. And and I may, I may discover that it's way beyond me. But uh, it's something to aspire to at this point.
0: I mean, it may or may, it may not be that difficult. You know, I, I to me, I would think that. I mean, I guess you have to build in uh expansion joints because i mean you have to keep catenary fairly taut right
1: yeah um there
0: there's been some modeling articles
1: and then there's been some great articles in the in the keystone modeler about the modeling catenary yeah. and,
0: i always and, read that uh, stuff with great interest but it has never been something that i thought yeah i want to do that you know but yeah. i would i didn't see it you know really i mean to me catenary is you know amtrak Right, right. It's not, um, it's not like a primary uh, area of interest for me. I'm a freight model. There, there's
1: a group down around Philadelphia, the Northeast Corridor Historical Society, and they built some modules. And Walters had a module building contest uh, a year or so ago, and these guys won. They do and it guys, every year, don't they? I think so. Yeah. But these guys won it one year, and it's a spectacular set of modules with really,
0: really nice catenary. So their expansion joints are built in. <laughs>
1: yeah but it's really interesting and and uh, so we'll see you know it's
0: all we'll figure
1: it out but certainly i just want to get something going and i want to look good
0: you know i gotta say modeling has kept me sane over the past couple of years and i have gotten a astonishing amount of stuff done i i do not have in the entire conrail or dnh mainline any bare plywood or anything unballasted. Wow, well, that's something proud of. I mean, it's 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 unbelievable. It, it really is. The only thing left to do really would be expanding into another area that I haven't figured out what I want to do there yet or beginning to flesh out the Pocono Northeast uh, short line, which is all just bare, bare territory. Um, and I kind of like unexpectedly finished my... Uh, most most of the um uh, unseen area this this winter hadn't planned on it. Mm-hmm. it just kind of happened. I got I on a roll. I got on a roll and it was just like, well, the, all this stuff's out. Why would I put it all away just to start up again in a month on that other area? I'll just I'll just do it. Um, but really what drove it for me, believe it or not, was operating the layout because I found that it's a radically different experience running your trains through. Uh, you know, good basic scenery in bare plywood. And when mm-hmm. you transition from one to the other, it's even more jarring. You know what I mean? It's like Ew. sure. So I had the more I operated, the more I wanted to get get a, uh, a presentable look to the whole to the whole thing. And it just kind of it just kind of happened. So um,
1: and you Tom know, Jacobs has a mantra of an hour a day and uh, that, you know, that's it,
0: People have said to me, you must work, you know, 24 hours a day and this stuff's like, no, but you know, you do kind of figure out how to do it when you've done a lot of it, you know, and if you sure. have everything you need on hand and you have some, you know, I mean, my, my IT, my IT work is 95% remote at this point, right? And you, all kinds of holes in the, in the course of a, a of a day. So regular, steady incremental progress at the end of a a week a month a half a year if it's if it's regular and incremental you add all it up and it's way more than people who haven't started anything right you know and that's why it looks like 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 whoa how do you do that you just do it and it's you You know
1: you know and and just, just do it is is such a good message for the hobby um you know I like. I have built some Sylvan vehicle kits, some of their fire engine kits. I think they're nice kits. People get intimidated by them.
0: They open up the box
1: and a lot of white resin parts, and they go, ooh, I don't know about this. I tell people, if I can build one of these, anybody can build
0: one of these. Well, remember the, uh, the rail yard models resin kits? Yeah. I mean, you open that box, and if you're not an experienced modeler, you could be intimidated by it. I would say try building one with no instructions because Gene and I worked together on a couple of the, you know, the tank car and the H54. Uh, I I worked with them on a, on a prototype of the kit to develop the instructions. So if you like the instructions, good. Because I can't tell you how many conversations I had with Gene, you know, trying to work from preliminary stuff and saying, what are you talking about here? You know, if you are the designer, you're almost, definitely the wrong person to write instructions because you know what to do exactly you Uh, need to have someone the the sulfuric acid car really kicked my butt because that had a lot of brass origami to it and uh, i found myself going to the local fall river uh terminal over there where they had a lot of tank cars and just taking some pictures and just looking at the underbody stuff and just trying to get it in my head you know how it all how it all went together because Gene brought, you know, he did an exact prototype. Oh yeah, there's nothing about it that that isn't what you would see on on a real one, which is why it built into an incredible model. But, you know, when Tangent came out with their X58s, everybody said, "Oh, I bet you." Sorry, you have all those uh, those uh, those uh, rail yard models X58s. He said, "Nope, I ordered a mess of of, of Dave's uh, X58s because I knew they were." gonna be fantastic and instantly put them on the layout and do it. But I kept most of the rail yard model ones just for the sheer joy of building a rail yard model kit. You know what I mean? It just goes together beautifully.
1: Yeah Gene was Gene is a I mean he's just the best really so exacting and 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 just such a such a craftsman to begin with. And just right. he's just, you know, whatever he touches is going to be done well.
0: That's right. That's right, and, and a nice guy. I ended up real fanning with him one time in California. Him and Ken Edmired. You know, I don't know if you know Ken, but
1: I met him at that gym six meet.
0: There you go. You know, so we 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 I I, I spent a good uh, many days out out west and got to know Gene team pretty well. I mean, these are these are good people that you that you meet doing doing this stuff. They are,
1: and that's one of the benefits.
0: So let's uh, let's wrap it up then, Dave. So, uh, oh, I should point out one thing. To my Dartmouth Locomotive Works DCC install customers, the Lehigh line is back together and I'm starting to crank out installs. <laughs> so there is there is hope with Mike's backlog. So it, it's definitely happening. Excellent. So to review, the meet's back on, providing we get enough uh, people to reserve. So people should reserve. Uh, the dates are June 10th and 11th. It's in yes. at the La Quinta in downtown uh, Springfield, Mass. And you're going to be putting some details about this on the podcast group and also linking over to the New England Proto Meet uh, website, which will be up and running shortly. nerpm.org. nerpm.org. Yep. And anybody can email you, D Owens.
1: Any D A Owens at Gmail works. D A Owens at Gmail.
0: Okay you also have an, uh, an RPM email, don't you? I do. I check both. Let's really confuse people. <laughs> yeah. DA Owens is fine. Okay. DA Owens, Gmail, anybody, even me, can remember that.
1: Even I can remember it.
0: There you go. Dave, good talking with you.
1: Great to see you, Mike.
0: Appreciate you taking the time. Hope to see you in June.
1: Thank you for helping
0: us spread the word. I hope you make it. Anytime.